It's the most wonderful time of the year. We've got movies forgotten and hot takes verboten. You just have to hear. It's the most wonderful time of the year. We've got loads of fantastic films for all. From the ghost and the darkness to the Amish and witness, we'll cover it all. Season 11 will be the best of them all. Happy Holidays from Forgotten Cinema. Attention, culture consumers. Join me, the queen of queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights. Colleen McMillan. Flo Siegel. And Anders Drew. On Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello and welcome to a brand new Kraken One Open with Mike and Elise. And on this episode, like most other episodes, <laughs> we're going to talk about some beer, guys. That's all I got. That's all you got. We're going to talk about some beer. <laughs> welcome to our brand new. <laughs> <laughs> So this week we are cracking open Pollock Rip, an IPA from Devil's Purse Brewing Company, which is located in South Dennis, Massachusetts. So the brewery is right on Cape Cod. In fact, co-founder Michael Seegerson grew up in Connecticut, but he has early memories of his family spending every summer in Cape Cod. And along the shoreline is where Seegerson discovered his first Devil's Purse. And for those of you who don't know, a devil's purse refers to the egg sack of some sharks and skates. It looks like a little pouch that's usually attached to a plant or another object in the water. But once the egg is hatched, the little sack will just kind of wash ashore. Mm -hmm. I have found a couple of them right here in Connecticut. I didn't need my rich mommy and daddy to ship me up to Cape Cod to go see it. (laughs) Sorry. Just so everyone knows. This is a huge issue with me. Not everyone from Connecticut can afford to go to Cape Cod every summer. Not everyone from Connecticut is rich. That's true. The story makes it seem like everyone from Connecticut, it just furthers that myth. We don't all summer in Cape Cod or the Hamptons or Martha's Vineyard or whatever. There are a couple of small towns like Westport where, yes, they're all there, but the rest of us are poor and work (laughs) for the big rich people. Okay. Just like everywhere else. (laughs) Are you done? Yes, okay. that's, I'm off my soapbox. Fast forward to... You know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> <laughs> so fast forward to the December of 2010 when Michael was homebrewing as a hobby. He wanted to give his homebrews away as Christmas gifts and wanted a nautical themed name, hence Devil's Purse. 
And the funny thing is, at this point in time, Michael was actually pursuing a career in the wine world and studying for a Master of Wine certification. But when word spread about the quality of his home brews, demand began to grow and Michael was inspired to change course and take advantage of the fact that there was really only one craft brewery on Cape Cod at the time. At the time being the keyword there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So by 2011, Michael and his old friend Matt Belson who would become the other co-founder of Devil's Purse, they were already planning and laying the groundwork for the brewery. They traveled to Colorado, Oregon, Florida, Germany, and across New England to meet brewers. They went to conferences, scouted sites, and when they weren't taking care of all that fun business and legal stuff, they were brewing constantly. It wasn't until 2013 that they felt ready to take the plunge and establish themselves as Devil's Purse, even though this is still two years before their official opening in May 2015. Hmm. They spent the interim getting the brewery ready for operation and figuring out what their core styles of beer would be. Almost everything that they do has a nautically inspired name, which is pretty great. They've got Skate Mouth Pale Ale, Handline Kolsch, which is what we covered last year. Mm-hmm. And they have a special holiday brew <laughs> called Intertidal Oyster Strout. Oh, this is the one that we talked about last time I wanted to try, yeah. Yes, it is. This stout uses freshly harvested oysters from local growers around Cape Cod uh, directly in the brew. From an article on The Full Pint, co-founder Michael Seekerson explains, quote, When we set out to make this stout, we envisioned using oysters in the boil, which not only captures the salinity of the oyster liquor, but also extracts the calcium from the shell. This minerality from the oyster adds a truly unique layer of complexity to the beer, end quote. And then I guess they also kind of tweak the recipe slightly every year in order to best complement the character of the different oysters, wherever they're getting them from at that particular point in time. All right. Now, yes. last episode, mm-hmm. I was like, that's gross, but I'd try it. Yep. But since then, mm-hmm. Tribus Brewery, for our local oyster fest, created oh, right. an oyster beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't a stout. It was a because this is summertime. I believe it was like an Oktoberfest, like a yeah, like a pilsner or something, or a Kolsch or something like that. Uh, it wasn't a Kolsch, but it it wasn't a stout either. It was You're definitely right. a German style beer, whatever it mm-hmm. was. Uh, maybe even Hefeweizen. Whatever. Mm. It, it was a German style beer. Are you sure it wasn't just a pilsner? It could have been a pilsner. I said pilsner. Yeah, too. it was something. And it was fantastic. It was nice and salty, but it was basically just a regular beer. It didn't taste like oysters, but it, you no. could taste that salinity. It was it was kind of salty, which was nice. It was weird. It went well with the pretzels. I thought it was, I, I loved it. You did. Uh, so now I can say officially, I would love to try that stout. <laughs> um, and what's also really cool is that they have definitely expanded the selection of the different types of beer that they produce compared to the last time that we covered Devil's Purse. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. cool. That's cool. All right. But let's talk about Pollock Rip. So the name was inspired by the Pollock Rip Shoals off of Monomoy Island in Chatham. According to their website, for mariners, this area was considered particularly treacherous. And between 1849 and 1969, Eight different light vessels served at this dangerous open water station. The name of this beer honors the stalwart lightship crews that manned their station day and night through all kinds of sea conditions. 
So Pollock Rip clocks in at 7.5% ABV, and according to Devil's Purse, it is, quote, packed with Warrior, Apollo, and Chinook hops. This solid IPA has a dry finish with a perceived sweetness and spicy flavors to balance bitterness with added aromas of pithy citrus fruits. End quote. Getting right. Hmm? Pithy. Pithy. (laughs) It's a fun word. So warrior hops are quickly becoming a go-to bittering hop among brewers, especially across America. It has a very mild aroma and it contributes balanced flavor, but the bitter bite is what is sought after for bigger IPAs and imperial styles. Its high mercine oil content contributes to its piney and zesty character, and its aroma has notes of grapefruit, lemon, and pineapple. Chinook hops were bred back in 1974 by Chuck Zimmerman while he was working for the USDA hop breeding program. It was released in 1985 and found popularity with both mainstream and craft brewers. And for the most part, mainstream brewers like Coors liked Chinook for its bittering qualities, but craft brewers found that the flavor and aroma were something to be appreciated as well. So it's definitely a dual purpose hop variety. Uh, So Chinook can be slightly spicy with a somewhat earthy, smoky quality, and it has an impressive pine kind of resin character with the distinct notes of grapefruit. But its bitterness can turn catty when used in large quantities. So we got double pine and double grapefruit right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, I could have sworn that we've covered Apollo hops, but I don't think we actually have. Really? That's Um, familiar. Well, I've definitely mentioned them as a comparison to other hops because they're so similar to both Zeus and Nugget. Okay. Which we've definitely talked about. Um, And we've certainly had Apollo in other beers, but I think this is the first time we've actually covered them on the cast as part of the beer we're featuring. Then lay it on me. (laughs) I wish I knew more. Uh, so Ap- <laughs> that's all I got. That's, that's my no, I, it was just a disappointing amount of information. So Apollo hops were first bred in 2000 by Hopsteiner and were released to the public in 2006. It is descended from Zeus and two other unnamed USDA hop varieties. Like Apollo in mythology is descended from Zeus. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I get it. I, I get appreciate it. that. Mm-hmm, I do. Apollo tends to be quite expensive, but. Only smaller quantities are needed due to its ultra-high concentration of alpha acids. It has a sharp, clean, bittering profile, and Apollo is usually employed alongside aroma hops to achieve balance, but when used as a late addition or a dry hop, some grapefruit notes also become evident. It is also a desirable hop because of its great storage stability and its tolerance to disease. But yeah, unfortunately, there's really not too much out there about Apollo. So here's what I got. Mm-hmm. Grapefruit, grapefruit, grapefruit. Pine, pine, grapefruit, grapefruit, grapefruit. <laughs> Basically. Mm-hmm. Zesty, but earthy. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be able to tell that, but let's see. We'll see. <laughs> you ready to crack this open? Um, Let me check my watch. <gasps> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's beer clock, baby. Beer clock. So just a disclaimer, mm-hmm. um, when I say it's beer o'clock, uh, my watch literally is just hand painted and just says beer o'clock on it. It doesn't tell it's time. It's a tattoo. It, it just, just says permanently beer says. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I'm ready to crack it open. All right, let's do this. Mm, lightly fruity off the nose when you crack it, but not much. 
From what I read, it was supposed to have a fairly pineapple-y uh, aroma on the nose. I guess we'll find well. out after we pour it because there wasn't really much coming from the can itself. Yeah, which happens sometimes. It's kind of weird. Sometimes it cracks and you just like... Yeah, and sometimes it's like, whoa. I guess it probably matters if the oils are like right there. That's true too. We we generally... Unless we already know that a beer has sediment or it says that the beer has sediment, we generally don't roll the cans. So I feel like that might also Mm. affect... I do not see any sediment. Just bubbles. But I also haven't poured my whole can into this glass. That's also true. Uh, I do see a little bit of sediment toward the bottom of mine, but I haven't poured out my entire can yet piney a little bit i guess i get pineapple there's like a sweet fruit but not much of uh not much of a smell i don't think no no nice little frothy head on mine though although you don't have head it's weird well i didn't pour out quite as much as you and maybe you poured out with a little bit more vigor than i did (laughs) more vigor yeah (laughs) all right well nothing on the nose so cheers. cheers wow that's nice it's um well, A, very cold. <laughs> uh, but Well, you've also which, been drinking warm liquids all day. <laughs> that's true. I'm on two teas and a hot chocolate and an orange juice early on in the day. But it's very, it's very piney, but not in a kind of like a, ooh, pine, which, I mean, I do like that pungent pine, mm-hmm. but it's got a nice pininess to it. It's got like a nice. I can tell that it's got a, like pine. a bitterness to it, a nice bitterness. It does have a little bit of a bitterness, not much. I expected maybe more because usually when you get a lot of stone fruits, like that grapefruit kind of a, mm-hmm. that's more of a citrus, but that pineapple grapefruit, you get a lot more of that kind of like, ooh, bitterness yeah. and sourness. But I find that the pine. I did expect it to be more bitter because they described it to have a pithy citrus. Oh, is that what you took pithy citrus to be? Yeah. I did expect it to be more bitter. I expected it to be one of those more unpleasant drinks that aren't like you you're drinking it for the taste more than the like the crispness of it yeah. the enjoyment of the liquid itself you're drinking it because you want that taste it. the experience yeah. yeah uh which there's nothing wrong with it we drink those all the time but this is a lot more crisp than i anticipated this is a lot more drinkable than i thought hmm. based on the description of double double which is grapefruit i'm sure why it's hmm. probably one of their core ipas or it could I could be mistaken. This might be their core IPA. I don't know how many IPAs they make. It's very nice. I can definitely see this as a good uh, IPA, especially to maybe more. And I'm going to generalize Cape Cod now. Like I hate people <laughs> generalize Connecticut. But a more how to do hoity toity kind of crowd <laughs> who are coming that vacationers that are maybe used to wine and stuff. Mm-hmm. Drinking IPA. Maybe they're not used to really intense IPAs. Yeah. This is very nice. This is approachable. This is also great if this is their core IPA. People are mostly coming to Cape Cod in the summer when it's hot and you're on the beach. Yeah. This is So you need something that's drinkable in that hot weather. That's true. And I think this absolutely is. Not that this is necessarily a summertime IPA. Yeah. But this is definitely a year rounder kind of a thing. I mean, I've only taken a few sips and I'm only halfway because I'm (laughs) I'm like chugging it. It's nice. (laughs) You can take nice large sips of this, you know, and like I said, double, double pine, you know, Triple, triple grapefruit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, according to the hops, that's what we should be getting, but it's really just nicely balanced between the bitter and the sweet. I mean, and I do get that pine and I get that grapefruit, but I almost actually get a little on the very back end. I can swear I'm getting a little bit of like this more, 
citrus forward aroma, like a lemon zest or like a lime. Something Lem- a lemon bit was more, one of the descriptors. Was lemon one of yep. the descriptors? Okay. I thought so, but I didn't want to say it. But I am getting that lemon right in the back as I'm like tasting the aftertaste. I really do get a little bit of that lemon going on. Uh, lemon could be coming from the warrior hops. Okay. I do think I'm getting some of that kind of lemon, lime, citrus coming on Mm -hmm. in the back. It's not like totally like lemon because it could be lime, but I am getting that toward the back end, which which also could be a thing that helps the grapefruit kind of taste because the grapefruit taste, a lingering grapefruit flavor isn't necessarily the best. Yeah, that's true. Um, It can, yeah, almost turn like harsher or something like that. Yeah, but I think that the citrus at the end really helps round it out Mm -hmm. uh, nicely. Because you get that grapefruit at the very beginning with the pine. And the grapefruit and the pine kind of come together so nicely. Oh, yeah. So I'm drinking through it. I definitely get that lemon. <laughs> Which is good. That's good to balance everything. No, oh, yeah. And it's it seems a little more malty than your usual IPAs. I do get. They didn't mention any malts, unfortunately, as yeah, far they, as they, they rarely do. Yeah. But I am getting a little hint of like this sweeter malt flavor. Mm-hmm. Um as my sips go on and, and like on the front too, there's a sweetness to the malt that really complements the pine and the grapefruit and then rounds out with a little bit of that citrus at the end. It's, it's really, really nice. And that malt could be that I could maybe, maybe it's not the malt. Maybe it's the earthiness from mm-hmm. that hop, but I think it's the malt. I think it's the malt that I'm getting, but it's not, it's really, really nice. And again, I'm almost already done with this beer. I think it's really, <laughs> I was expecting when you laid grapefruit on it and stuff like that, I was expecting something really grapefruity and really piney, mm-hmm. almost like a really grapefruity West Coast IPA. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. But what I'm getting is not really, it's not like New England for sure, but it's it's really not, even though the pine is described so many times, it's really not West Coasty, which is kind of usually highlighted. The pine is highlighted in a West Coast. That's usually what West Coast styles are known for that pine the pine flavors yeah everything marries really well here to create just it's just a regular straight up ipa but it's really crisp and really interesting and i think i said that about what was the other devil's purse we had handline kolsch and that kolsch was really interesting because it was completely different than a normal it was so light and crisp and different Mm -hmm. i remember it. it was like got like this weird note to it that made it very Stand out very uniquely from the rest of the Kolsch's. Yeah. Well, um, at that point, we also hadn't had that many Kolsch's, to be fair. Mm-hmm. But I still think it was probably weird for a Kolsch, though. I know. Not a bad way. Yeah. I mean, Devil's Purse does pride themselves in the European style beers that they produce. Mm-hmm. So I I figure Kolsch is probably, I mean, maybe that's more authentic than the other Kolsch's that we've had. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know if they put their own twist on it. I think they put their they, own twist on it. Because they already knew like the like how to do it right and they, they knew they could tweak it and still make it good. I don't know. I think they tweaked it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really good and I think that they've kind of done something interesting with this IPA whereas they tape, they've taken something so grapefruity and so piney mm-hmm. and made it into an all rounder and something that's super approachable for like someone who doesn't like IPAs. This is a pretty good first step into the IPA world because I think okay. yep. everything complements it so well. And I don't think it's that bitter at all compared to most IPAs. So would you put this in the West Coast IPA category? Because a lot of people online seemed to lean that way. No. 
because like I said, the pine and the grapefruit marry so well. Mm-hmm. I mean, but then again, I'm not from the West Coast. But then again, I think most of the people that are drinking this aren't either. No, that's mm-hmm. true. I think the West Coast is defined by pine. It and tastes resin. like pine and resin. And that's what it tastes like. It tastes yeah. like you're drinking a tree in a great way. I love West Coast IPAs in a great way. Mm-hmm. And New England IPAs taste like you're sucking on a grapefruit or papaya. <laughs> That's just how it works. Or you apricot. Know? Or apricot. I mean, these are harsh generalizations and I love both beers, but that's what they taste like. And yeah. this is such a marriage of pine and grapefruit. It's just kind of a nice bitter, but not super bitter, um, refreshing, crisp kind of IPA with the, where these hops, you know, in an IPA, the hops really come forward. Mm-hmm. And I think they do astoundingly in this beer and i think they do in equal measure and you get so much of that citrus it's almost like toward the bottom of this glass almost like drinking uh what's it called not a tom collins um harvey wallbanger no it's almost like (laughs) i was uh, gonna say there's only a few like names of drinks that i know that are names it's like an honor palmer almost like because of that that lemon comes out so much out of that out of the taste at the end with the the earthy piney notes and the grapefruit so it's kind of almost like an Arnold Palmer you get that because tea is very herbal Mm -hmm. so I don't know if I think it's a west coast like all those other people are saying I I think this is just an IPA but I think that in America at least there's such a division of most people make west coast IPAs and most people make New England IPAs yeah so few people have have continued to make on the craft beer circuit IPAs which is this thing uh, all its own. Like there are West Coast IPAs, there are East Coast IPAs. And then there's just your, yeah. And then there's just IPAs and that's what this is. It's a nice marriage of both, but it's not an extreme of either side. But New England IPAs also usually don't have really any pine. Mm -hmm. So I can see where a lot of people that are on the East Coast reviewing this are only used to that. Yeah. And going, it's got pine. That makes it a West Coast in, in general. And I just think this is a great overall IPA. Yeah. The can. It was very plain. <laughs> well, so was the Handline Kolsch. In fact, I'm pretty sure the Handline Kolsch one was even more plain because it was almost completely white. It was. So the thing that kind of sticks out in the Devil Purse is its logo, which I'll get to. But this can is a wraparound label, uh, kind of like a stick on. It's a tall boy, uh, 16 ouncer. The but logo- they're also available in 12 ounce, according to the website. Oh, really? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Or at least the Kolsch is available in 12 ounce and 16 ounce. But that's not what we're drinking. No, I'm I'm trying to remember if You're I saw. You're confusing everything. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, this can is a 16 Sorry. ounce can. Uh, it's got a white wrapper on label. It's kind of glossy. On the top and bottom of the can are three lines, black, yellow, and black, kind of going across it. And the center of the white is, you'd say like a caution sign? That's literally what yeah. it reminds me of. Yeah. That's what caught my eye on the on the shelf aside from the fact that we already know devil's purse yeah it's but like, it was like uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it's a it's a four-pointed sign like a caution sign it's got that same kind of the yellow in the on the lines is the same as the yellow it's the in same the, kind in of the mustardy, mustardy, mustardy yellow. yellow yep uh and the thing that makes devil's purse stand out is its logo it's a devil's purse mm-hmm. which again as elise described if you're not near the beach you probably don't really know much about the devil's purses but they got the squiggly lines coming out and the, the black purse. It's really unmistakable. And for someone like me who grew up kind of picking them up off the beach with the shells and the and the rocks mm-hmm. and then putting it in a jar that your parents don't want you to keep, but you tell them they can't throw out. <laughs> uh, it's unmistakable. And it established 2013 is above that. It says Devil's Purse Brewing Company. 
You know what's really sad? What? For those of you who don't know what a devil's purse looks like, it kind of looks like a face mask with the ear loops undone. Oh, it does. It does kind of. <laughs> yes, yeah, but like they really like the stupid like old timey ones that people wear where they have to tie it in the back. Yeah, which yeah. I never understood. Like the- whatever's more comfortable for you, man. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's within the sign. Outside of the sign, it just says Polycrip. It's pretty unassuming font. India Pale Ale. I think what gets you is the caution sign with the yellow mm-hmm. and the Devil's Purse logo. I just love that. It's really well drawn and colored. Uh, it's like inked almost, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And it's just really, really neat. The Devil's Purse is kind of a, a less thought of item that is always on the beach. You know, you can yeah. quite often find them on the beach and no one thinks about them. Everyone thinks about the shells, about oysters, mm-hmm. about shiny rocks and flat rocks and round rocks and the occasional washed up jellyfish and horseshoe crab. But no one ever thinks about the devil's purses, which there are quite a few, even in Connecticut on the East Coast. And we don't get that many shark sightings. I mean, I guess because it's something that you can't really collect. People collect shells all the time. And yeah, but devil's purses tend to fall apart or they're dry and weak. But they are something you'll find on the beach all the time if you're on the East Coast. And I imagine the West Coast as well. That's pretty much it for the can. The left side just has the government warning. One pint, 16 fluid ounces, 7.5 alcohol by volume. Keep this can cold. We're <laughs> packaged by Devil's Purse Brewery under a special agreement. Pawtucket, Rhode Island. So this can was not brewed Ooh. in Rhode Island. Uh, in Massachusetts, you was, mean? They didn't talk about the, having yes, a... Yeah, well, brewed in Rhode Island. To be fair, Devil's Purse didn't, didn't really have a lot of information on their website to begin with. I imagine in Cape Cod, they can't be a very large facility. Yeah, that's true. It's already taken over by, yeah, that's true. It's a a small space. Cape Cod itself is an island, correct? No. No, But it's close to Martha's Vineyard, which is an island. Yeah. Uh, But- but everything in, from from the one time that I that I did visit Cape Cod for I a have, for a I, weekend, I have never been. <laughs> to be fair, keep I, it poor. I visited it with a bunch of coworkers with, you did. and we all split up one hotel room, so it was cheap. <laughs> <laughs> but everything was very very crowded into like very small spaces because so it's yeah. all small shops and stuff. It's mm-hmm. basically the town from Jaws. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I can see them having to reach out for their wider distribution. The reason we can find Mm -hmm. this in Connecticut, the reason you can find this outside of Cape Cod is because they have outside help. Yeah. Which is interesting. But so it just says Pawtucket, Rhode Island. That might be part of the agreement, but I think that if another brewery is helping you out, shout out that other brewery on your can. It's true. Like that's what I like. All right. Or on the website. Maybe. (laughs) Uh, You can visit them on devilspurse.com. On the right side of the can, you do get a little bit of about us. Devil's Purse Brewing Company is located in Cape Cod in South Dennis, or Denis, I don't know. We specialize in a wide range of European-inspired ales. In addition to our core styles, we brew limited specialty beers available for sale at the brewery. Visit us year-round for beer tastings and retail sales. Our brewery is located at 120 Great Western Road, South... I'm still saying it's South Denny, but yes, South it's Dennis. It's Massachusetts, man. It's true. 02660. For more information, go to devilspurse.com. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is interesting they put that they're known for a wide range of uh, European ales, which also goes to tell me this is not a West Coast IPA. This is just an IPA. Yeah. 
they're not trying to do anything west coast or east coast because it's european baby 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 yeah maybe it's the mr international in me mm-hmm. but i want to see what ipas are like outside of the u.s i'm down for that let's get us some bitters but we've had bitters in the show before but that's not necessarily an ipa mm. i have not seen in the international section any of the local liquor stores like an ipa from outside the country before i don't think that's true <clears throat> Yeah. Not to say they don't exist. I just haven't seen. They do. I just can't find one. I know that Thimble was brewing for someone else, an Indian style IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, and the brewer was trying to use some of his experience from his home country of India trying to brew beers. But that's about that's about it. Yeah. That would be cool to find. Like a legit Unfortunately, one. our selection in person is limited. Because our our big liquor store nearby is, you know, it has its max capacity. And then the smaller ones around usually don't have that big of an international section at all. Yeah. Plus their international beers usually either highlight their most popular Mm -hmm. or the highlight the beer types that they're famous for. Yeah. So I'm going to do IPAs because you can get IPAs here. Um, But I still think it would be interesting to find somewhere that has that, even if it's like getting a tasting platter or something like that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah that's what i got i think this beer is fantastic the devil's purse beer we had last time the kolsch grew on me immensely the next beer i had oh i know i said it was weird but then i was like you know what it's weird but i really like it they did something different didn't we end up buying another we did yeah and i think this but this right off the bat is so good so crisp so interesting uh, you know, when you were describing it, I really thought it was going to be boring. I really didn't think I'd like it. Or I thought I'd think it was okay, but I really had a picture in my mind. Yeah. I mean, I I felt like with the newer hops, it would at least bring something more interesting to the table. So I'm I'm really glad that you're enjoying this. Oh, I know. And you were hoping that because of my sinus infection and like I had last episode where I couldn't taste, mm-hmm. you were hoping that it'd be something simpler so that it'd be easier to get through the tasting notes and stuff. Yeah. But my my tastings are pretty good right now. And I can just tell you right now that it's unfortunately mine or not. <laughs> <laughs> I gave her my cold, but I, I think it's phenomenal. And I think I'm glad you got another devil's purse. Cause I was really hoping we'd have another one mm-hmm. because of how different that coach was. And I think they knocked it out of the park with this IPA. It's not what you assume it's going to be, which is perfect. That might be what Devil's Purse is known for. That might be every time we get a new Devil's Purse, I might think the same thing. Like, all right, all right. I get what it's (laughs) Let's roll a little along. I get it. I know what this is going to be. And then it like completely takes me by surprise. Like the fact that toward the end, I'm getting that malt and that citrus really comes forward. That Arnold Palmer kind of taste is like, I can't wait to buy this again in the summertime. <laughs> I hope we can buy it again on the deck because it's like, that's perfect. Yeah. Well, like I said, this is one of their core styles, so I'm sure it's going to be available. I didn't notice when we when we bought Devil's Purse uh, the first time around mm-hmm. and the Handline Kolsch was the only thing that was available. But this time around, there was the Handline Kolsch, the Pollock Rip and something else. Ooh, I'm interested in that something else. I'm also so, interested ho- in the oyster hopefully stout. Hopefully their distribution is expanding. <laughs> I'd like some oyster beer, please. I've had an oyster. We might have to take a trip to, take, to Cape Cod. I am not rich and white enough. Though I got the white part down, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm not rich enough. But listen, Devil's Purse, if you want to ship us some, 
I'll gladly do an episode of it. <laughs> That's all I got. That's all you got. It's really good. I'm I'm done already. So <laughs> I, I got nothing left. All right. Well, then thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackamanopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at crackamanopen or shoot us an email at crackamanopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions or suggestions, because we always want to hear from you. Definitely. Also, your suggestions would help greatly. Yes. Extremely. <laughs> immensely. Especially if you're a brewery, you can send us stuff. Like We'll pay for it. We'll Venmo you or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather have it for free. All, but all we ask is a few minutes of your time to like promote the beer. That's it. It's a free commercial. Free promotion. Yeah. We can do it in person if you're local or on a Zoom call if you're not. Mm-hmm. That's it. Let's go. All right. What you got to plug? Uh, you can find me at my podcast, Forgotten Cinema, a podcast with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether because more popular movies released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with audiences. In its initial run, we'll discuss what we love about the movie. Maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own forgotten gem. This podcast is available at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com, ForgottenEntertainment.com, as we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Uh, or wherever you get your podcast, go on and check us out. Uh, we've got over 150 episodes for your listening pleasure. Go on, check it out, rate us, review it, subscribe it. We know you're going to love it because it's a fantastic podcast. And join us on the social media too, wherever social medias are at the lobby uh, on Facebook, where we talk about the movies and we'd love to, we'd love audience interaction there on Forgotten Cinema. Uh, and then I've also got a bunch of audiobooks I do at audible.com uh look for michael butler i'm under there sour switch art fucking gangsters coffee at midnight progressive entrapment uh vacation planet the final girl the murder of kelly christopher uh all these books run the gamut from sci-fi to horror to mystery to uh switch art fucking gangsters like a guy richie crime novel where i do a bunch of british accents just check them all out. I don't make money on them unless you get them. They're pretty good. I don't write them. I just narrate them uh, and see what you like. And if you're a part of Audible's monthly subscription program, if you use your free credit on me, you don't pay anything and I still get paid. <laughs> uh, that's all I got. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> anyway, a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.